Hello, hello, and welcome to ADHD Fest, the podcast all about adult ADHD with a little bit of self-development and magic thrown in there. How are you this week? I am feeling good. How did you get on with the body doubling last week? I hope it was really good. It was really one of the highest listened to podcasts, so I'm hoping you liked it. Come and give me some feedback on it because loads of you have watched it and I've only had a few comments actually on whether it was good or not. Maybe you like hate listened. Anyway, this week's topic, I'm just going to jump straight straight into it because I've got so much to say. This week, I get to talk to you about one of my favorite things to talk about because I just find it fascinating and that is narcissism. It's also one of the hot topics of the moment. It's everywhere you look. Or maybe it's just on all my feeds because I'm so into it and it just... The mind boggles. I want to know how their minds work. And I have found so much that ADHD is all around me. When we get talking, nine times out of ten, they have a narcissist in their lives. That might just be because all of us have a narcissist in our lives, neurodivergent or not but it just seems really prevalent within the ADHD world. And I really wanted to talk about it today. It was not the topic that I had ready. It was not the topic that I was going to talk about. I've literally just scribbled down my notes now quickly and I'm going to confess something to you. It's because I've been watching Vanderpump Rules. If you don't know what it is, I'm sorry, just give me a couple of minutes. Vanderpump Rules is a series, I think made by Bravo. It's based in a restaurant in LA, that Lisa Vanderpump owns and she is from the Housewives of Beverly Hills. I have never watched Vanderpump Rules. I love all of the real Housewives franchises. It's my guilty pleasure. Again, I think because I have this hyper focus on psychology. It's one of the things that I dip in and out of. I'm really, maybe it's related to the ADHD because I tend to think a little bit differently. I'm just really interested in how other people think in different spaces because I've I have such black and white thinking, which is very common in ADHD, that it just fascinates me when other people think in a different way and I want to know all there is to know about it. So reality TV, for me, I know a lot of it is not normal and they're put in rooms they wouldn't be in, but there's real reactions and their real life, you can see after like the first series, kind of catches up to them. They can't put out that facade anymore. And I just find it a really interesting look into other people and the way they think and what they think is acceptable and what is not acceptable. So anyway, Vanderpump Rules, I have never watched it. It's on its 10th series, but it is everywhere at the moment because there's been a big affair. Basically, one of the guys that was with the girls for 10 years, him and his girlfriend, basically married, um, and they've been on the show together for 10 years, has been sleeping with her best friend and like you have to watch it to know like if you don't know you can catch up by just watching a couple of the last episodes or go on tiktok and google scandal because <laughs> his, his name is tom sandoval anyway i don't want to go too much into that but it was like the main reunion last night and it just got me thinking about narcissism how they manipulate people around them and who is vulnerable to a narcissist i don't want to offend anyone it's my opinion and it's been pretty common in what I've seen with ADHD that ADHDers can be very vulnerable to narcissists. Before you switch off, I pride myself on being able to read people. Nine times out of ten, someone can walk in the room and I'll know instantly if they're not a nice person. I can read it. And obviously, 
I don't like to judge a book by its cover, but it's just a feeling. And I also get this a lot from my ADHD friends. They're like, I can just tell. I can just tell. It's like a hypervigilance we all have that we can just tell if someone is not right. And I pride myself on that. I've always been able to read people well. And I have some friends and obviously like people around me that are just the best people. And I feel like I'm really good at picking those people out and avoiding the horrible ones. But on saying that, I think we definitely do have a really good knack of reading people. We spot patterns. It's like we always know what's going to happen at the end of a drama. I always know what the ending's going to be. It drives Pete mad. But the type of narcissist I think we're susceptible to are covert narcissists or vulnerable narcissists. So if you don't know about narcissism, there's several different types, a bit like ADHD, you know, inattentive ADHD is very different to hyperactive ADHD. You know, the symptoms between us and the behaviors between us can vary wildly. And it's exactly the same in narcissism. It's the same underlying issue, which is a lack of a sense of self and extreme, um, yeah, it's just a lack of a sense of self and needing to be filled up. You can't self-regulate. Um, it's the same underlying problem. But the difference between a grandiose narcissist, who would be someone like, I don't know, Hitler, <laughs> who is openly um, extreme in their views, they believe they're right and can never be wrong, and they're openly... A lot of narcissists, A, don't know they're narcissists, but B, they're proud of their narcissistic traits. So they don't think there's anything wrong with them saying, yes, this is my opinion. I'm right. You're wrong. You're completely stupid. Why would you even think that? Like, And they think you deserve the criticism, the anger, the nastiness towards you. And they're not ashamed of it. They just think, well, yeah, I'm right and you're wrong. So you deserve it. And I feel like they're the people we're really good at picking out quickly. But the vulnerable narcissists, the covert narcissists, are a little bit harder to spot. Because again, narcissism, it's the hot topic right now. But it's similar to ADHD in the fact that it just wasn't a word. Well, it's actually worse than ADHD, because obviously ADHD was a word. But I mean, like, it just wasn't in the public consciousness. Like 10, 20 years ago, we just didn't really talk about narcissism. Um, So most people who are narcissistic and by the way there's narcissistic personality disorder but then there's also people with narcissistic traits who wouldn't be diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder you can still have toxic traits it, again it's a spectrum so they don't really think they're narcissists they might not even have heard of the, that word they might not have looked too deeply into it or they might have the old uh, similarity to us whereby the older generations, when we talk about ADHD and the things we do, just go, everyone does that because they're not diagnosed and they don't understand. So narcissists, when they read about narcissism, might just throw it away and just be like, everyone's like that. Everyone thinks for themselves. Everyone's out for themselves because you only know your own mindset. You don't and you think everyone thinks the same as you. So what this does is it makes them really convincing because they believe their own nonsense. They believe their own lies. They believe they're justified and they're lying to themselves. And they don't understand that actually this is wrong. Not everyone thinks like you. So anyway, 
making it specific to us with ADHD, I've just listed out a few of the reasons why we might be vulnerable to this type of person, why it might be too late by the time we realize that we are stuck with a friend or a partner or a boss, whatever. We're close with a person who actually doesn't have the best intentions for us and is quite manipulative and is sucking the life out of us. And it can happen very often. There's quite a lot of things that I've come up with here that could be weaknesses, but stay to the end because at the end, I'm going to give you some tips to try and avoid it. But also, I think we do need to become aware of the reasons why we're vulnerable to these people because awareness is key, knowledge is power. And if you know this these are the areas where they're getting to you. This is where you could be letting them in. You know, you can understand why this has happened. It's really hard. Say you're with a narcissist right now and you're realizing you're just with a really toxic person. As ADHDers, we have a tendency to blame ourselves, particularly if you're late diagnosed. If you understand the ways that they, you have been vulnerable to it and they're not bad ways, then you can understand actually why they've been able to do that and it's not anything to do with you as a person. It's not a downfall of yours at all. It's actually all of the brilliant things about us. So number one is our tendency to people please. We, especially when you're late diagnosed, we tend to try and make up for it subconsciously we don't know we're doing it but as a coping mechanism it's really common when you've got ADHD to become a people pleaser so you don't even stop to question the other person you are questioning yourself so much that you're like oh I'll do that yeah I can help oh I'll do that and you just want to jump in you want to show I'm a great person I'm a great person because you're worried about what that other person is thinking of you so we become people pleasers and we distract ourselves pardon the pun because we aren't looking at them. We're not thinking to ourselves, are they a good person? Do they live up to my standards? Do they have any weaknesses? What is wrong with them? We're looking at ourselves. So the people pleasing, it makes us the perfect target because a narcissist will love that, of course. They will love someone who's gonna tend to their every need. They're gonna love someone who always says yes. That is the perfect target for them. The second thing I've got down here is the lower self-esteem. So I've always thought I had quite high self-esteem in myself. And I think considering I did, I did have quite high self-esteem, but it's the things we don't think about that we have low self-esteem in. And especially when you're not diagnosed, you know you're weaker than your peers in certain areas, like whether it be timekeeping, being organized, um, concentrating, achievement, whatever it is, we can feel less than without consciously knowing it it's just a feeling and that gives us low self-esteem in that one area but also it just puts us a little lower in the on the totem pole in our mind especially when it's like in our mind the basic thing I know I am a very intelligent person I don't mind saying that about myself but it the absolute basics I cannot do and when I wasn't diagnosed I didn't understand why I couldn't just get these basic things right because I know I'm an intelligent person so it made me feel less than I made myself feel less than because of those things and that's what lowers your self-esteem and so these narcissists when they begin criticizing you we take it we believe it 
we know we do have flaws. We know we're not living up to the neurotypical next to us. And when they say, well, you never do this and you never do that. And why can't, it's a simple, basic thing. Why can't you get it right? We already know. We already know that's a flaw in us. So we're like, well, can't really argue. You don't like it. It feels mean. You might shout back, but it definitely hits a nerve. And when you don't understand that it's because of ADHD, then yeah, we just take it. And I'm definitely stay to the end because I'm going to give you a tip for fighting that. Another... It's unfortunate, but ADHD, there's been lots of studies done to show that um, it's a strong likelihood if your child has ADHD, that one of the parents has ADHD too. Um, It's probably genetic and there's a few genes that can be markers for it or there is no test that you can do like blood test or gene test that says, yes, you have ADHD. It's just a pattern that we're seeing. I personally think down the line, it's going to be undisputable that it is genetic so but what that can mean is if we think we're late diagnosed and I'm talking about we as a millennial but you might be of another generation um think about your parents if they have ADHD and neurodivergence then you know their chances of getting diagnosed were so slim so slim and unfortunately what that leads to undiagnosed ADHD can be some really bad things and when you are a child and those bad things are happening to your parents it creates childhood trauma and these can be you know we're susceptible to addictions um impulsive behavior lots of dopamine seeking negative things can happen i'm not saying they always do happen but sometimes that's what it can lead to and also just being overstimulated overwhelmed if you've got a few kids and you don't know that you have ADHD, a lot of us, that's how we found our diagnosis. So imagine your parents in that same situation. So that can cause a lot of problems and we can have, you might love your family dearly, you might love your parents dearly, but there may be a bit of a trauma bond there whereby the way you look at love, the way you look at friendship can be quite unhealthy because that's all you've known. You know, there's families where they openly tear each other down. They openly say, oh God, he can't do anything. He's a lazy such and such. But they say it with a smile. And it's like, oh, that's just how our family are. We're really close. And you take those comments as love and a sign that you're close. Like we can be honest with each other. We can be completely honest with each other. My dad can say whatever he wants to me because I know he loves me. But what that does in, and that might be fine, that might be fine for you, you might be perfectly happy with that, but what that does to your mind is when it comes to looking for a partner or a friend or any narcissist in your life, you have a lower standard for their treatment of you. Very low standard. So when they say nasty things to you, it doesn't compute that actually they haven't known you since birth. They haven't earned that right to tear you down and it might actually be something that you haven't thought of. I had a friend, a boyfriend or partner said to her one time, something derogatory about her body with a smile and you just take it. You just accept these things because that's the type of love, that's the way you bonded with your family. That is the norm for you. Whereas someone who has come from maybe a healthier bond and relationship within their family where they wouldn't dream of saying something like mean that might hurt you even in a joke 
if someone then says that to you in a partnership, that's going to be a big shock and you are not going to stand for that because your standard of love is higher. You're going to feel like they don't love you. If they can say that to you, then they mustn't love you. Can you see how you would accept lower standards if you come from a background that's a little bit trauma bonded and toxic? Maybe due to undiagnosed ADHD, maybe just due to other factors maybe you just got a toxic family i don't know i'm making this very general for everyone that's another reason another one is the love bombing stage so what a narcissist will do is they will love bomb you when you first meet this person they are gonna be like the best person you've ever met they're gonna make you laugh they're gonna you're just gonna have a great time with them they're gonna make you feel amazing you're gonna want to be with them all the time and that is because they're doing something called love bombing and that is when initially they're hooking you in. Now, from my research and looking at accounts of narcissists, they actually are genuine in this stage. It's just, they're not being, they're not being fake as in they don't like you. They do like you, but they're being fake as in they're wearing a massive mask. They're being exactly what you want them to be. They're picking up on your cues of what you need, what you want, and they're giving it to you to hook you in. And it might not be genuine at all and love bombing for us equals a massive dopamine hit like who doesn't want to be told you're amazing who doesn't want to meet someone who has all the exact same interests as you who doesn't want to spend time with someone that makes you laugh and laughs at all your jokes of course that is a massive dopamine hit and it really sucks us in because that is the main thing our brains are looking for dopamine and there are two things that we do as ADHDers that really help the narcissist when they love bombing you the two things we do is a we're very impulsive and we fall in love quickly and we fall in love deep we give our whole hearts we love wholeheartedly and that's probably the worst thing we can do in the situation with a narcissist because we fall for the love bombing hook line and sinker and then by the time we realize who they really are we're already so bonded with them we're already in so deep that so that's number one thing that we do that helps them number two is we overshare I am terrible for oversharing I'm great at keeping other people's secrets but my own I just info dump my whole life I tell everyone straight up which buttons to push I am an open book and what this does is with a healthy person great it's a great way to bond is to be an open person I've had that compliment a lot of times that I'm just really open um, but with an unhealthy, toxic person, it's the worst thing you can do. It's like giving them a map to your most painful pressure points that they can push. For one, it's giving them the map to what you want, which is the opposite of all the painful things that have happened to you. You're telling them exactly what you want so they can love bomb you very, very easily because then they just become that person that you've just described to them. So if you're like, I want commitment, I want to laugh, I want to have fun, then guess what? They're going to overcommit to you very fast. They're going to make all the pro They have no qualms about lying completely. They will, like a chameleon, turn themselves into that person that you have described that you want because you've told them exactly what you want. They don't have to figure it out. You've just told them. And the other thing is when you share your pain, when it comes further down the line and they're ready to attack you and they're ready to keep you close by pushing you down and killing your self-esteem they know where all your weaknesses are as well so say I don't, I'm just going to pick a random thing but say you have a terrible you're a 
woman and you have a terrible relationship with your mum or like you don't speak and she's not a nice person your partner will then turn around to you and go do you know what you're just like your mum you said you never would be but here you are that's exactly what your mum would have done because they know you've already told them you've overshared and you've told them that painful thing they're going to use it against you because they know that's your deepest fear that really does not help us as ADHD is the oversharing. And one main point is don't take this the wrong way because we're absolutely completely different. We couldn't be more opposite. A person with ADHD and a narcissist couldn't be more opposite. Now it is possible to have both, in which case you're not opposite, but it's very hard. I don't know what goes on there. But ADHDers have so much empathy. We care so much and narcissists have zero empathy that isn't performative empathy to look good let's say so we couldn't be more different our motivators are so different but some of our behaviors look very very similar and i'm gonna go through that now so number one on the surface both the narcissist and the adhd sorry both worry a lot about what other people think of them for the narcissist they worry because they want to look good it's all about image they need everyone to look good it doesn't matter what they really are on the inside they need everyone to know that they are the best person they need everyone to think that they are amazing and that is their motivator our motivator is we know who we are on the inside we know we're a good person and we're scared that some of our weaknesses are going to paint us in a different light we don't want to be misunderstood so the motivators are very different but the actions are the same we care we care what other people think of us we want them to see us in a positive light i personally think that adhd is we just want to be seen we want our inside to be seen and people to know we're good-hearted even if i'm late to something to see you it's really not because i'm a horrible person and i don't care it's because I can't help it and I really do care about you and I want you to not see me as a bad person. I want you to see me as a good person because I know that I am. Whereas a narcissist in that situation like maybe wouldn't care about being late and they actually don't care about wasting the other person's time but they want, they're going to make 10 million excuses to make sure that they still, the other person still thinks they're good just to like cover it up. Does that make sense? Another similarity we have is sensitivity to criticism a narcissist has a very fragile ego they're not going to take criticism they're never going to admit they're wrong it can absolutely create a narcissistic rage they are highly highly sensitive to criticism on the flip side adhd is we have rejection sensitivity dysphoria we are highly sensitive to criticism it doesn't normally spark off rage but we are just very delicate something someone says we can take it to heart immediately and we can spiral from it we can't take the criticism and so we might lash out we might be uncomfortable with it we might avoid people so those two things can look similar <clears throat> and the last thing that i could come up with about um similarities of traits and I'm sure there's a lot more, but this is the ones that I came up with, is we both do, um, we tell stories in an anecdotal way about ourselves. So you may have read or heard along your travels and your research into ADHD, 
that um, people with neurodivergence tend to bond with other people by telling similar stories. So your friend might come to you and go, oh, I had a terrible sleep last night, such and such, and this happened and that happened. And our way to respond to that is to go, oh, wow, yeah, last week I was sleeping really badly and this is what happened to me and why, and I had something similar. And neurotypicals can sometimes find this rude because obviously... It, they take it as we're trying to one-up them with this story instead of us just validating what they're saying and being like, oh no, that, are you okay? Like, why do you think that is? Our way to bond is we tell a story to let them know, look, I've been in that same situation as you. I know how you feel and I really empathize. And that's the point of us telling that anecdotal story. Now, a narcissist will do the exact same thing. That the friend will tell them, oh, I couldn't sleep last night. And the narcissist will go, oh my God, I could not sleep last week. I was so tired. And you know what? This happened, that happened. And I just couldn't say, I'm so tired. I am so tired. I'm right there with you. Like, oh God, honestly, I was probably more tired than you. (laughs) So maybe I'm over-exaggerated in that sense. But can you see how they're similar, but slightly different? The motivation for the narcissist is one-upping. That is exactly what they're doing. They're trying to one-up the other person. They can't stand if the attention is on the other person. They need it to be all about them and flip the conversation back around to themselves. So they're going to tell that anecdotal story and do the thing that neurotypicals find rude that they think we're doing. The narcissists are actually doing that. But because we have all these things in common, we can bond over these things. I don't know about you, but when I'm tell- telling my anecdotal stories to try and get close to someone, I might realize halfway through, oh, wait a minute, I'm talking about myself a bit much here. And then when that other person then responds back to me with an anecdotal story about themselves, I'm like, yes, they're like me, they understand. And then the conversation flows so well for me. If I can tell my stories of similar things and they can tell their stories, For me, that really deepens the bond and deepens the connection between myself and that person. So yeah, I bond really quickly over that. I also bond if they're sensitive to criticism, then I might back that up and I'd be like, yeah, that was really, why did they say that to you? That's not fair because I'm sensitive to criticism. I can put myself in their shoes. Again, if they worry and what people think about them, I can connect to that. So of course, that would be a way that the narcissist would draw me in, whether intentional or not. I might be attracted to that person because I think their motivators are the same as mine. I can only see their actions through what I would do. And to me, I know I've got good intentions. But when you take a step back and look at the picture as a whole, sometimes you can see their intentions are completely different. This is getting quite long of a pod, but I think it's really important. Another big thing for us is ADHDers have a very strong sense of justice and fairness and we have black and white thinking and we will fight till the very end for a cause. If we think something is right, we will stand behind it. And what that means is we have very high standards for a partner. We don't have high standards for how they treat us, but we might have high standards for them being the same, like backing themselves and having strong opinions and sticking up for what is right and sticking up for what they believe in. And of course, a narcissist has very strong opinions. The neurotypical person probably is less black and white. There's a lot more gray there. So they don't quite live up to our standards. If you're very black and white, I know with my husband, he's very gray. 
<laughs> and it's actually helped me grow a lot because he is so in the gray like someone could do something and I'll be like oh my god that is terrible how could they do that to someone we've got to stick up for them and he'll go well you know maybe this maybe that and I'm like why are you making excuses it's so wrong like I just can't understand it so we can have really high standards for people and the average person is a human being and does not meet all of those high standards but a narcissist has no qualms about completely lying to you and so it looks like they're meeting the standard and we're like oh my god this person's amazing this is the one this is the person I've been looking for they're perfect but no one is perfect they're just a liar so if someone is just a liar if someone will do anything to get what they need what they want will manipulate feels no guilt and has no issue in doing that how do we possibly defend ourselves against these people how do we know who they are and how do we keep them at bay well firstly i want to just put this in here i've got some tips for you but i do want to say first and foremost in case you're already in a relationship with this type of person it is very very difficult to defend yourself against these type of people in fact, I would almost say it's impossible to completely avoid them. You, I don't think people attract them. Like there are certain things that they would like about a person with ADHD. But at the end of the day, it's just, if it's a lottery. If you're unlucky enough to cross paths with one of these people and it's just like a perfect storm, you can't really defend yourself. There's not, you're not weak for falling for their games because it's practically... It's practically impossible to distinguish the difference between a narcissist and an absolutely lovely person that is completely in love with you or really loves your friendship in that first love bombing stage because genuine lovely people will love bomb you because they genuinely like you. And so how would anyone know the difference between that? Someone can be genuinely lovely and genuinely want to do these things and genuinely make you laugh. And they could also, on the flip side, that person could be a narcissist. There's no way to tell the difference. No way. So forgive yourself if you have fallen for that because anyone would fall for it. I'm sick of people saying, oh, it's because they're weak. It's because of this, because of that. No, that's all these reasons that I have listed out. Yes, that makes us vulnerable to them. And yes, it makes us fall deeper and it makes it harder for us to get out of it. That's not why we fell into the narcissist trap. A narcissist could manipulate anyone. It just maybe wouldn't go on as long and maybe wouldn't do as much damage to someone who had, like, didn't have these vulnerabilities. So anyone can be taken in by a narcissist. That's what I believe. Anyone can be sucked in and they can be sucked in good and proper. In saying that, to defend yourself, honestly, the number one, number one, Thing I would recommend is work on your self-worth particularly if you're late diagnosed particularly if you are grieving right now after your diagnosis or after your realization that you might have ADHD because you might be looking back on your life like oh my god my whole life was a lie I have been living this harder life than I realized I've been feeling less than my peers and none of it was true and it can be a really hard time and if you're taken in by narcissists during that time as well, or even after, it's hard not to 
blame yourself, blame the people around you, blame the world, blame everyone and grieve. And you should feel those feelings. But your self-worth, your self-value and your self-love will have taken a massive hit. Just a huge hit. There's been some damage. Whether you feel super confident in yourself as a person or not, you might be feeling really unsure of who you really are, especially with this thing that you've had your whole life that you didn't even realise was there. You might be questioning who you are as a person. And you don't find who you are as a person overnight. All you can do is work on yourself. I've got a book recommendation for you. The book is called The Worthy Project and it's by Meadow DeVore. I'll put it down in the show notes below. This is Working on Your Self-Worth. It's a very light book. Um, It's not like deep inner work, but it's a good starting point. And working through your ADHD, the more awareness you can get around it, the better. But also just knowing yourself as a person that everyone deserves love. Everyone. And what has worked well for me as a concept is looking at Theo, my son, who is six. Now, Theo, in my mind, deserves the world. Just for being born, just for being present, just for being on this planet. He deserves everything. I love him with all my heart. And there's nothing he could do, say, be, that would make me love him anymore. And there's nothing he could do, say, be, that would make me love him any less. He just deserves everything because he does because he does and that's the same for anyone if I can think that about him why can't I think that about myself I don't have to be anything I don't have to become achieve have succeed in anything there's nothing I could do that means I don't deserve love and respect And not from the whole world, not everyone likes you, but we all deserve to be loved and respected by the people that claim to love and respect you. And that's the people in your inner circle. It's your friends, it's your family, it's your partner. If they claim to love and respect you, then you deserve it and that's what they should do. And if that's not what they're doing, then they shouldn't be in your circle. It's as plain as that. We deserve to feel good. We deserve to feel loved. We deserve to feel accepted just because we do. So it really helped me. If you've got children, please think about this concept of how you feel about your child. They're not perfect. They're not angels. They annoy us. They do whatever. They're not always exactly how we want them to be. But do you think that they deserve to be treated badly then? Do you think they should feel horrible about themselves? Do you think they should grovel to you because they're not meeting your standards? No. If if you're a healthy person, at least, you shouldn't feel like that about your children. You should feel like you just want them to be happy. You just want them to have everything. And maybe their behaviour makes you worried that it's going to take them on a path where they won't have everything they deserve, but you still believe they deserve everything. So feel like that about yourself. That's what we all deserve. And that is the best armor you can possibly get against a narcissist. Because when they do eventually turn, you might be taken in initially, but when they do eventually turn, you know who you are and you know what you deserve. And you know you don't deserve to feel like a piece of garbage in your own home, in your own relationships. You know no one deserves that. And you know that you deserve 
to feel loved and respected no matter what you've done, no matter what you don't do. That is what you deserve. And it's only, I can tell you that, but it's only once you believe that inside that you will have the strength to be like, no, I'm not taking this from you. And I'm not saying you would break up with some a partner like as soon as they criticize you. We all criticize each other. But it doesn't land the same. It's not going to do the damage. And you're going to turn around to them and go, do you know how you're speaking to me? Don't ever speak to me like that again. If you want to carry on this relationship, then there's respect between us. You can tell me your issues, but you don't speak to me like dirt. And obviously not in those exact words. But that is the feeling you want to have of like, look, you love me or you don't. You can criticize me and we can have a discussion and I can try and be better in certain areas, but you don't make me feel like garbage like beneath you because of this so yeah that is my main tip but other than that you need to try when you're initially meeting people if you're not already in a toxic relationship when you meet new people friends and partners whatever keep your wits about you we fall fast I don't want you to not trust people like be open it's a lovely quality that we have is we are very open we do like to share try not to share your most vulnerable things too soon by all means be open but the things that really hurt if someone would throw them back in your face think about what they are and just hold it back a little bit in new relationships also keep your options open especially if it's a partner be keeping your options open for a while don't just hone in on one person and we tend to hyper focus on people try your best not to hyper focus on one person because then if it does turn out not the way you want it to it's going to be harder obviously once you're committed commit to that one person i'm not i'm not saying go out and cheat i'm just saying when you initially meet getting to know someone in the first stages don't put all your eggs in one basket immediately also work on your critical thinking skills take a step back when you really love in someone when you think they're great just have a little note to yourself to take a step back, look at their actions, look at your conversations and think to yourself, if I wasn't assuming that this person was a really good person, does what they're saying make sense? Does it sound logical to me? Are their actions matching up to their words? And that's a great way in the early stages. I mean, they might be very good and it might be a yes for all of them, but just asking yourself that question is a really good place to start. And lastly, my last tip for trying to avoid being taken in by narcissists is to forgive yourself. If you start to realize you're getting a lot of criticism, even if it's coated in sugar, even if it's said with a smile, even if they pass it off as a joke and you're being sensitive, then you need to be strong in your self-worth and know I don't deserve this. Even if I'm flawed, everyone is flawed. Everyone deserves love and acceptance. And I forgive myself for my flaws and the person who loves me should be able to forgive me too. So I hope that helps. And this is going to be a really long pod this week. But as you can tell, it's one of my major hyper-focus subjects, just psychology in general, but narcissism. I find it very interesting and I would love to know if you have a narcissist in your life or a toxic person. I'd also love to know if you've been watching Vanderpump Rules and your take on it. I might have to do a TikTok on it, but I don't know if it's way off topic. Anyway, don't forget to come say hi to me over on Instagram. I am at ADHDfest. On TikTok, I'm at ADHD underscore fest because someone robbed me name, the gits. 
And I am also on Facebook. Don't forget to join our Facebook group. I'm spending more time in there now because I remembered that it exists. That is ADHD Fest, the group. Find your fire, find your flow. And um, don't forget to give me some feedback on that body doubling episode where we did a house clean. And if you haven't done it yet, because when you turned it on, you were on the, in the car or something, give it a go. Try it. It's last week's episode. I'll link the burnout Bible below. You've heard me spiel on that before. I'll give it you again next week. I'll also link my freebie. Love you all. Have a great week. See you next Friday.